0: Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. My name is Austin, I'm your host for this evening, and on this episode, we are doing our definitive question mark ranking of the best anime films of the 2010s. An episode we probably should have released two years ago, but hey, better late than never. And with me tonight, I am joined by two immaculate co-hosts. First of all, I've got Tori with me. Say hello, Tori. Hello, Tori. And I've also got returning champion. Haven't heard from him in quite a bit, actually. Tobias, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm immaculate, according to you.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> I, you you are. You're a wonderful, immaculate boy. You are. Uh, it's been a while. How have you been?
1: Uh, you know, it's been. I think uh, my last episode was the spring sampler for 2021 so almost but not quite a year uh at this point uh well things are different but things are things so glad to be here as always
0: the time flies when you're watching anime or or not watching anime time still still
1: flies <laughs> ever marching on
0: it does indeed so speaking of the march of time as i mentioned earlier Back in February of 2020, we did our Decade in Review episode where we talked about some of our favorite anime TV series that came out in the 2010s, uh, 2010 through 2019, and during that episode, we promised, hey we are going to be doing a separate episode that is specifically focused on anime movies because we at the Third Impact Anime Podcast are big fans of anime movies generally, and we did not want to necessarily use slots and and time in our decade in review to talk about movies when we kind of felt it would be more appropriate to dedicate a single episode just to those by themselves so that we didn't... like. Have a, either a hugely massive list, or to have like a list that's like, you know, half shows, half movies. Uh, you get, you get it, you get it. Um, but shortly after February of 2020, a very massive world event happened that basically destroyed all of our brains. Uh, so we are finally beginning to recover uh, after a long period of not fulfilling our promise, and now we are back to finally do our episode where we will be giving off our our third Impact Anime definitive top 15 anime movies of the 2010s. So, my lovely co-hosts, are you guys ready to jump into it?
1: Hell yeah.
2: Ready.
0: So the format that we're doing this particular ranking is going to be slightly different than the way that we did our decade in review. I think if I remember correctly, and I haven't re-listened to it, The way we did the last one was basically some of us got together and we just basically said here are five shows that we really liked and we're going to talk about them briefly. But for this episode, we are actually going to be doing a ranked list of things in order based on how much we like them. Uh, Tobias gave me this suggestion that was lovingly stolen from the Insert Credit podcast and I get what he was going for, but Tobias, would you please explain to the audience, and to Tori, exactly how we are structuring this particular episode?
1: Sure, absolutely. So uh, among my pandemic hyperfixations has been trying to get a wrangle on all the podcasts that I've had in my backlog uh, for, I don't know, about 10 years now. Uh, among those have been listening to the insert credit podcast, which is, uh, it's been around for a bit, but kind of came back uh, a little bit before the pandemic, uh, would highly recommend it. It's a video game podcast by people who have been in the industry in a way or another for a long, long time, all very smart people having a lot of fun, just bullshitting each other. But anyway, uh, on some of their, they have a couple, not like this podcast
0: because we haven't been around for very long and we are very stupid.
1: We are, yes, incredibly incredibly stupid. So uh, yeah, so this is blatantly stolen from them. I'm gonna put that out there, You know, kind of take this format because I had a lot of fun listening to it and I hope you guys will as well. So what we're gonna do is there's three of us, there's 15 slots on this list. We're gonna take turns nominating a title from our personal list. Uh, None of us know what is on the other people's list at all. Uh, as we nominate them on this ranked list of the top 15, we're going to determine where each one fits in the definitive ranking. So we're gonna, I'm going to nominate one, then we'll say Tori nominates one, and we decide if that's higher or lower than mine. And then Austin will nominate one, and then we will collectively determine whether that fits above it all, in the middle, or below everything. And we're going to keep going uh, until we have a list, and then we'll do some cleanup at the end to determine if we agree with this. So just kind of put that out there. This is not going to be objectively the best movies of the 10s. It will be the third impact ranking for the best of 2010s, which, of course, is objectively the best, but just put that out there (laughs) that it it should represent us as a podcast and not necessarily us putting in, in in text that this is the best series of movies
0: this is not like a metacritic amalgamate amal- this is not like a metacritic amalgamation it is uh in fact more objective than that because it is our our tastes
1: exactly
0: so and if, like at the
1: yeah. end we can kind of do some honorable mentions as well we can certainly mention some other stuff besides the 15 but that is the story we're sticking to on this episode
0: i have a few dishonorable mentions as well
1: <laughs> uh oh
0: Okay well uh, Tobias you outlined a possible uh, list of how we proceed through this in the order of who goes first in your outline so what? what how about we just go with that
1: Okay we'll do it uh, looking at the discord looks like kind of a reverse order uh, counterclockwise I guess <laughs> how, do you, how do you do clockwise with a linear uh, list all right, well, see, here's the problem. Now, since I'm going first, I don't know what the hell I want to nominate first. Mm. So that's a go. tough one, huh? <laughs> so I'm going to go with the weird one. See, because you,
0: you don't want to nominate something that you feel like one of us is going to nominate because you don't want to waste your turn.
1: Exactly. And that's where the game comes into play. Is that There's a few movies I think we're all, they're all going to be on our list. <laughs> but, you know, you don't know what's going to show up. So do you burn a slot? on a personal favorite or do you you know put a slot down for something that you feel like everyone is going to put i'm going to put out out there that i have very few that i think are are commonly accepted great movies i got some weird choices here so let's go ahead and let's play risky let's nominate some weird choices here so my first one off the bat goes by a couple different names uh i think the most commonly accepted would be motherfuckers are mfkz or mutu in the japanese and katakana so we're gonna have to bleep
0: that out because you cannot curse on this podcast
1: uh <laughs> really we've cursed it's not it's the name of the no title. no no no, no. i'm,
0: I'm just just picking on <laughs> you my friend
1: austin you were too innocent for this world so the reason i'm putting motherfuckers on this list uh right off the bat it is a co-production between studio 4c and ankama animation in france and right off the bat that 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 has piqued my interest because with all the talk about what counts as anime nowadays and does western stuff count as anime we always talk about the american studios that are just aping the genre conventions we're not really talking about you know objective quality we're not really talking about what actually exists in the heart of anime and i feel like Ankama in France and what a lot of other French studios are doing really embodies the Japanese animation style more so than any other uh, Western studio or even country uh, overall. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it, from, a, from a 4C uh, production, it has this sort of grungy, almost grimy feel to it. Uh, it generally takes place in a um, fictional third world country with a young orphan boy living on the streets. it's uh, He finds out he's half alien, and there are men in black chasing him throughout the movie to take his alien powers. It's a very goofy, comedic movie, sort of in the style of um, like Akira, for instance. But it has this really cartoonish style to it that looks very anime, but also looks very different, signifying that... Uh, east meets west sort of um, from art style that you would expect from something with Studio 4C and I'm comma. So it's very, very different and very, very Tobias in that nature. So I'm putting I haven't, As a baseline, motherfuckers.
0: I haven't seen this one but from looking at like trailers and the art style, it kind of looked like, it reminded me of Dead Leaves. Would that be accurate?
1: Yeah. Yep, I would say that. In fact, when I was trying to think of the, the plot. It is very much a Dead Leaves style plot as well you've okay. got this uh this goofy goofy these goofy uh like cast of of main characters the the main character and his friend and whatnot it has this very irreverent uh gross art style throughout and has this weird sci-fi plot which at the end is, is whatever but it's got this sort of frenetic action that you can you, know, you can definitely see in Dead leaves and imaishi's mm-hmm. other work
0: so this is, this is an Imaishi thing, isn't it? Oh, wait, no. You're talking about Deadly. Nope. never mind.
1: Yes, yes. But it, it is very mind. reminiscent never. of Deadly's for sure. If you okay. if you saw that years back and want something a little more in that vein, then motherfuckers would uh, be a great choice for you. This this did get a um, one of those G, maybe not G, 11 Arts. I think it was 11 Arts, right? They put this out in theaters right before the pandemic in 2019, and they released it on a disc shortly after which is what I have. So would highly recommend checking this out if you're looking for more modern anime movies that are drastically different than everything else.
0: Leave it to Tobias to start us off with something weird and crass.
1: Yeah, and honestly, yeah. you know, it <laughs> I wouldn't say it's, like, great and amazing or anything. So this is kind of a good baseline. You know, you want to put yeah. something above it, below it. You know, I feel like that works.
0: Well, that's up to Tori, because you're going to nominate something next.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, can I ask for clarification first before I make my nomination? Absolutely. Okay, so if it is part of a trilogy, does the whole trilogy get nominated or just the first movie in the trilogy?
1: I would say the series, you know, we can determine it, but if you're going to nominate Madoka... We can say the Madoka <laughs> movies. In I'm not about that's to nominate fair. Madoka. Actually. Okay, well, if you're about to nominate the Ava so, movies.
2: I'm not that. nominating Ava either. If, <laughs> if if it were
0: if it were me, I would say just nominate the third one. Like like even Insert Credit brought this up in their episode. It's like the Lord of the Rings uh, Return of the King effect, where like if you want to cheat and nominate the whole trilogy, just nominate the, <laughs> nominate the last one.
2: Nominate the last one.
0: Yeah, that's what I would say.
2: Okay. I mean, as, as, like a, as like a
0: represent... Un- unless there's one of them that you feel like is like the best, like the cream of the crop, like this is the movie, Then if you want to nominate softly the whole thing, I would say nominate the last well, one.
2: Well, you can't yeah. watch two or three without watching one, so that's why I was going to nominate the okay. first one.
1: We can, well, it's your we pick. Can, I mean, we, talk about you it, we can talk okay. about it. We can talk okay. about it as a whole. Okay, sure. yeah, I'll just
2: talk about it as a whole. Um, yeah okay so this is kind of a curveball because i was talking about nominating a trilogy but both of you guessed and neither of you were right um so i want to bring to the table um the first of the kizu monogatari movies i knew it Um, so, technically, you can watch these first, even though it's not first in the canonical watch order, because they're a prequel to Bake Manogutari, so it doesn't mm-hmm. actually hurt you if you watch these first, um, but I know some people are very critical about the order that you watch the show in which is fine um but basically these are all about shinobu and how Abaragi met her and kind of how they sort of got into the situation that they got into um beautifully animated gorgeous gorgeous movies and when these came out they were you know standouts to me just because um you know i've been a big fan of the franchise for a long time but the, these movies just did something for me that i was not getting from the show and um i highly recommend um checking those out even if you're just dipping your toes into monogatari as a whole
0: i mean i'll like i
1: guess my that question is went... like what do, you, what do you what do you what do you think you get from the movies the Younger goodness series i guess is there do you just do you feel like it's thematically more solid or what
2: Um, I think it was the characterization of getting to know like more about Shinobu and how she's not just kind of this like character that's there for no real good reason Um, and seeing her background and kind of like the the fighting and the struggles and stuff that she had to go through so I I would say the characterization in these films compared to kind of a little bit of what you get in some of the seasons of the show was really strong Mm -hmm. to me.
0: Okay. And another thing that, that stood out to me, because I went to go see these with you in theaters as they came out. Is I
2: dragged they, you to every single one of them. <laughs> you, you did,
0: you did. And uh, I, 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 for what it's worth, I did really enjoy them, even though I, I wouldn't really call myself like a f- fan of the franchise. I mean, I, I like it. I like what I've seen, but it's not like, I'm not super big into it. But like, they are really incredibly animated. Maybe some of Akiyuki Shimbo's like best directorial work. Uh, in terms of like raw creativity and uh Mm -hmm. they're very visceral for sure like they're very uh violent and uh but they also can be pretty lighthearted and um in addition to getting like a lot of shinobu's backstory and like her context for like how she got to be trapped as like this little girl even though she's uh, like a like a a trillion year old vampire or whatever it's like that stuff is uh, (laughs) pretty pretty interesting but uh like there's also a lot of uh Uh, cool uh, sort of context for the relationship between Aburagi and Hanakawa who Mm -hmm. like if you start watching the Monogatari series like in release order like Bake Monogatari doesn't make a lot of that very uh, I guess it doesn't make a lot of it clear it's just kind of accepted like oh Hanakawa and Aburagi they're buddies but this kind of gives you a whole lot of context yes um, to um. that.
2: And it, it also, I completely forgot about the, the subplots with Hanakawa, and I feel really bad now. But it, it definitely does the same thing with Shinobu, where it, like you said, gives more context to those characters and develops them a lot more than what you get in the show. And honestly, that's, to me, very important, um, because I can forgive a so-so story if you have very good character writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting all of that, even in films, is, is really good.
0: All right, so now it's our decision, do we put it above Mudafukaz or below Mudafukaz? We 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 all have to collectively decide.
1: I mean, I'd be fine with putting it above. I, I really like, you know, that. I feel like you know, the Ancomasty Force thing is great. It's visually striking. If you're into 4C stuff, I'd definitely give that a check, you know, get uh, check that out. But it sounds like, you know, as someone who's only seen like half of fucking Monogatari, I I also see this striking uh, being very visually striking as well in a very different but equally valid way as motherfuckers. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with this trilogy as a full story to a larger narrative. Being objectively better, perhaps even more objectively more 2010s than that.
0: Mm. Interesting way to put it.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think the, the Monogatari series... Is very much a product of its time, even though I think Bake was coming out in the <laughs> early aughts, right? I think mm, even mid then, late, the whole like mid
2: late mm-hmm.
1: weren't these all like, uh, that if I'm pronouncing this wrong, sorry, but Niso
0: yes, he always
1: seen okay. Well, whatever you just said, uh, I feel like <laughs> that guy and that, that his series just feels very 2010s to me, uh, in a way yeah. that.
2: Yeah. There's a reason that I call it the problematic fave. It's very much a product mm-hmm. of its time. This The stuff mm-hmm. that goes on in that is um, not so much what you get in a lot of shows nowadays. But yeah, very, very product of its time.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you just described a thousand-year-old vampire that's a little girl so
2: yeah (laughs) but it's (laughs) relevant to the plot i swear
0: (laughs) 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 all right so are we are we content with this ranking so far i think we are i think we're fine with it yeah cool okay so it is now up to me do i pull one that i know you guys like or do i pull one that's more of a me thing hmm it is an interesting question. Okay, I think I'm just going to take the plunge and nominate this. You only have five. One. I only have five. I only have five. Oof. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. This this is the one that I'm super <laughs> confident in, and you. I know you, both of you guys really like this one, but I'm not 100% sure if it would actually end up on your list. So I am going to nominate. The 2017 Masaaki Yuasa classic, Lou Over the Wall.
1: That uh, was on my list. I was on my, so
0: list, was on. On my list too. Actually. All right. Excellent. So, okay, so I'm nominating Lou because mm-hmm. this movie is incredibly special to me in the sense that i uh, it's a film that I watched the trailers for and was like instantly smitten with and then i watched it in the theaters and felt just this grand sense of exuberance from the whole experience and that feeling sustains me to this day like every time i think about lou or every time i watch it like the music is just so infectiously uh poppy and fun and like the uh our our main characters like that are in a band and they meet this like vampiric mermaid at the seaside town and then like everything goes crazy and all the mermaids love music and then there's mermaid dogs. It's just a whole lot of nonsense happening but it has a huge amount of heart and I definitely count it as a vampire anime as you should as well and I just think it's really special. It is a super cute, super good, fun movie that I would recommend to literally everyone. Like, if you watch this film and tell me that you don't like it, I have a very difficult time thinking that you have good taste.
1: (laughs) No, I would... Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say that's a very fair criticism um and i think that's a good addition to the list um and it's very funny that we all had it on the list but um not surprising
0: (laughs) no i I kind of figured uh, that because we all like yuasa but you know
1: yeah i feel like in the in the post your name glow of you know anime movies and theaters are, are here now it's a thing we get to enjoy uh both lou and night is short we're kind of there immediately after and that lou going to see lou in theaters like oh my god this is this is the state of the world around and we can watch not only anime movies but Yuasa movies in theaters mm. it was so wild and completely agree is it the best movie of all time no but i had a smile on my face the entire time i was there
0: and this one came out chronologically mm-hmm. like before it, it definitely came out before the night of short walk on girl. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it came out before devil man cry too. So if I'm, if I'm not misremembering, uh, it, it, it might
1: have, it, it, it might have come out in Japan, but over here it came out after devil man.
0: Oh, it here. did. Okay.
1: Yes. In the States it did. I think it might've done it in Japan too, but I, I don't know offhand.
0: Mm-hmm. And just thinking about, like, Lu and Devilman coming out at, like, basically the same time, I think it really yep. showcases, like, oh, wow, this Yuasa guy can do basically anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where he went from being this, this guy that does weird stuff, you know, like Kaiba and... Um... Blinking on things before. Um, mind, by, game. mind game. Yeah, mind game. Like he was very surreal, very weird. And Lou and Night is Short were like, all right, well, he can do more. You know, he has a studio, Science so star. can do a little more mainstream type mm-hmm. of stuff as well, while still maintaining that charm that they're known for.
0: So, where would we like to place Lou on the list? I would advocate I for the at the top.
1: I have, yeah. I have second, second place
2: path. for me, but I'll be the outlier, I suppose
0: okay second or top I think I, I think it's got to be top Tori I'm sorry
2: oh, It's okay go <laughs> ahead it's two against one
0: okay are, are, are you happy with that I'm are you sure. at peace with it
2: I'll be fine
0: okay okay <laughs> you'll live
2: I'll live it's okay <laughs>
0: Okay, Well, that's the end of round one. So, round two, Tobias, you get another pick. Uh,
1: no. Okay. So, you went for an easy choice. So, let's go for another weird one. Uh, I'm going to yeah. nominate uh, one that the release date's kind of weird, but I say it technically counts for this episode. And that is 2013 or 2017's or 2021's Junkhead.
0: Oh, well, hold up. Hold, hold, hold up now. 2021 <laughs>
1: what, it depends what you, what, it depends on who you are. it depends on what who is you the ask. meaning of this so so junkhead is the stop-motion animated film uh made by one guy so this guy i believe he was uh god i think he like made clothes or something i don't remember offhand but it was something very <laughs> non-anime and he watched makoto shinkai's um uh, voices of a distant star heard that it was made by one guy it was like, you know what? I could do that, too. So he started making Junkhead, put together a promo reel for it. Uh, the first, I think, like maybe 30 minutes of the film in 2013. That got a lot of traction and had the first full release of the movie in 2017. And it finally got a like... A wide release maybe not wide is the the right word but a, a theatrical release in Japan in 2021 so uh, we could argue that maybe it's not doesn't count but I don't know if any of us are going to be alive in 10 years to do the next episode so I'm going to make sure junkhead is on this list today
0: <laughs> for all the people that are dead 10 years from now they'll be able to look back in spirit form and see what we had on our
1: list <laughs>
2: yes as I like it as- I'll allow it
1: as long as it was it though there so yeah it's just it's just it's really did any of you guys get a chance to watch it
0: no sir no unfortunately
1: uh, not yeah you guys should definitely check it out i think i think you would both really enjoy it and of course it's on the episode so i recommend everyone to go check it out it's a stop motion very well done it takes place in this far future where humanity has both become practically immortal but also can't reproduce so the setting is like the city planet uh, you know, vis-a-vis Coruscant from Star Wars, where the last dredges of humanity are sending androids or mutants down to the depths of the city planet to try to discover the secret of repro- reproduction again and trying to recover that. So it takes place with a, a, a human brain inside of a robot body that shoots down to the core of planet the entire thing takes place in this very weird underground, uh, complex. Like it's underground, there's no sunlight, but it's all industrial. Like there's concrete walls everywhere, piping, tubing, machinery everywhere. And, uh, this person meets a variety of mutant creatures and they're near from kind of these, uh, goofy mole-like humanoids to these incredibly creepy spider people that absolutely will give you nightmares. Uh, it just, there's a whole breadth of design choices here, uh, with the, the characters and the creatures that just kind of strikes me as amazing. And it's a full hour and a half, almost two hour film, which, uh, you know, we watch something like an anime or even a stop motion. This makes it seem really, really long. This is not somebody's already short film by any stretch of the imagination and it's supposedly going to be the first of a trilogy uh, assuming the guy lives long enough to put it together cuz it took him well like 7 8 years to get a full film out initially nice. wow uh, yeah it does take a lot and the the end credits to the film kind of show them filming it and the these models are larger than you would think they're like the sets are like you know half half his size so they're bigger than i would expect But you see the amount of detail that goes into this. And hell, even the camera framing for these shots is just excellent. It is nobody's little arty student film. It is a full professional production. And it just kind of amazes me uh, that this got made. Just like motherfuckers, it is incredibly weird and unique. And that's why it is on my list.
0: It reminds me thematically kind of of Kaiba so I'm not really surprised that it's coming from you as a nomination um, yep. but it also kind of I don't know if you've seen this Tobias I know Tori has because I showed it to you um, uh, it kind of reminds me of the movie Nine have you ever seen Nine Do you know what I'm talking I, I, I about
1: that sounds familiar but I don't think I've seen that uh...
0: well anyway it kind of sounds like that from an, like an aesthetic perspective but unlike Nine and Nine should have been this, it is stop motion. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm glad that you nominated something stop motion because like we don't get a whole lot of those in uh, in Japanese animation, at least not like on the feature level. Um, and anything else, uh, either whether it be this or whether it be Molkar, is, is cool in my book. Mm-hmm.
2: it's a really incredible animation medium because like you were saying you don't realize how large the set pieces are and like the characters are until you see them in person or like in a Mm -hmm. documentary or something like that like um austin and i have seen um victor and the bride from uh, corpse bride in person and those Mm -hmm. things are like freaking the size of my arm like they're long like as long as my arm they're massive um so, and, and knowing that it takes them so long to get just a little fraction of footage um, is just wild. It's just a very incredible medium that requires a lot of patience. So mm. a, a full-length film is no feat, no easy feat, mm-hmm. rather.
1: Exactly. I'm skimming a trailer for Nine, and yeah, no, I would say that if you're into Nine, if you're into this, it's very similar art style. A little more creepy, a little more grim and, and goth in some ways, maybe uh but yeah very very similar beats for sure
0: so where and where i'm gonna going put, to put this, put this i'm gonna
1: i would say it above motherfuckers but it sounds like tori is really set on kizu so i don't think i can can beat kizu out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm content with that i haven't seen it but uh that that yeah. sounds fine to me
2: mm-hmm.
0: cool all right tori next You're up. Okay. Round two.
2: Um, Round two for me. This one might not be that surprising, um, but I really, really want to nominate Ride Your Wave.
0: Oh, really? (gasps) There you are. Out of the water.
2: (laughs) It's been like two years since i've seen this movie and i still sing that song like it's so catchy (laughs) um but for those of you who haven't seen it um it involves a young woman who is a surfer and she moves to a seaside town and falls in love with a firefighter and then it kind of um pursues their relationship and things that happen after that and it's a It's a very beautiful look at grief and tragedy and like letting go and love and all of those things that make you feel all the emotions. And um, I know we've already talked about Lou, but I I couldn't help but nominate it, um, even though it's another Yuasa movie, just because it's so emotional and I think a really good contender to be on this list because of that.
0: I completely agree. This was on my short list of nominations, and I was just like, "Dang, I don't, I don't know if I'll nominate this one or not." But boy, it, it, it made it into like the, the contenders for sure. Because it is, you're right. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story, and it's like, it's a bit like the, um, I mean, it's got very different themes. But like, if Lou is like a kids movie or like a teens movie, like Ride Your Wave is very much geared towards like young adults because the main characters are like a bit older than your standard anime characters. Like they're in their twenties, like probably mid to late twenties. So that, that's really refreshing. Like they're, they're working professionals. Um, and just like the, the story of it's just so heartbreaking. Like, uh, but to watch like how the characters deal with their grief over a long period of time is like, I could very easily see this just like, if if you've lost somebody in your life that was really close to you, this movie will probably destroy you. But uh, oh yeah, <laughs> probably be probably be uh, kind of cathartic in that in that way too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said what I was gonna say. It was, uh, I I did have to take it on my list for the same reasons, but I'm glad it is here.
0: Me too. I'm really glad that you mm-hmm. put it on here, Tori
2: oh yeah absolutely it definitely is one of my favorite films and uh more people should watch it because i don't really hear anybody talking about it which is unfortunate
1: yeah it was it was the last movie i saw before the pandemic started and i feel like that may have been the reason why it didn't get as much traction ongoing traction as the Mm -hmm. others
0: but, yeah, you're absolutely right. like it has a it has a song in it that is an earworm that will stick with you for years. You will never be able to get it out of your head.
2: Yes, and just the just the like two lines of it, like two or three lines <laughs> of it um is is the thing. like it's a full-on song like they they dub like they they sing a whole song essentially and then like they dub it over in the English version, but like it's the three lines at the beginning of the song that are the total <laughs> earworm for some reason
0: exactly so where 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 do we put this on the list what what are we thinking guys does it go above lou or does it go under lou does it is it going that high i don't i don't know
2: it's hard because two of the nominations i haven't seen so i i i can't compare but personally i would put it fairly high up because i think it's a really darn good movie
1: yeah, I think it's fair to put it above my two so far. Um, I guess the question is, where does it go there? I think as a standalone movie it's. I think it's probably going to be above Kizu, since that's a larger franchise yeah. thing, but I can't expect exactly yeah. that. Um, but the, I guess the question to me is, is do, how, what does it contend with Lou Over the Wall? Because, as Austin said, one is a kid's movie, one is not a kid's movie. I think personally, I think Lou kind of wins out I think ride your wave does have some issues that overall, I love it. I think it handles grief pretty well, but that earworm does get played a little too many times by the end of the movie. <laughs> that was, that was my complaint. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it. they showed it in the trailer. It was really great. I I was loved it then, but then in the movie I'm like, please stop playing, please stop playing this. Uh-huh. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Uh, you know, and I don't really take it away as great, but I think is probably a better put together overall production than ride your wave. Uh, so day.
0: are oh. are we are we okay with between Lou over the wall and Kizu Monogatari yeah can we live with that or does it need to go higher
2: <laughs> I'm living with it
0: you can live with it yeah I'm so, I, I didn't catch what you said Tori
2: oh I said I'm living with it
0: okay okay so we're Just we're fine with it, the placement for now out. Just stewing a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) (laughs) Key stew, Monogatari. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess it's my turn again, second round. Do I nominate yet again another movie that I bet you guys have on your list? Or do I go for a curveball and nominate something that you guys probably don't? Oh, man. Well, what have, we'll you, see, see, what got... have you done
1: so far? You have done. You did a safe choice, done... I feel like. You should do a weird one this time. it! Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a safe choice. one next time. Um, okay. Are we
2: going to, like, at the end, say the things we nominated that we... Or, like, what was left over on our
1: list? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. We can do, like, an honorable okay. mention thing. Yeah, oh, For okay. sure. For sure.
0: Um, okay, so I have did a safe one. I guess I'll do a weird one. <sighs> I am going to nominate... Lupin the Third, the blood spray of Goemon Ishikawa. Ooh. Okay. So I didn't even this, consider the
1: Lupin movies at all here, but okay.
0: This one, to me, and I, I preface this without this is this is kind of uh, a similar thing that Tori did with nominating Kizu Monogatari. I'm kind of nominating Goemon to serve as like my representative pick for the. Takashi Koike slash Sayo Yamamoto mm, yeah. era of Lupin III, um, which really started with the more like uh, film noir like gritty adaptation of uh, the woman called Fujiko Mine from 2012, mm-hmm. and uh, that was helmed by Sayo Yamamoto, and then that spun out into a film trilogy uh, directed by Redlines Takashi Koike, where we have um, the first one was uh, Jigen's Gravestone, The blood spray of Goemon Ishikawa, and then uh, Fuchiko Mine's Lie, which I have to confess, I haven't seen the third one yet, but I'm still going to nominate this one as sort of like my representative pick of the whole like 2010s Lupin project, because I think it's a really, really interesting, really uh, different, really uh, artistically striking interpretation of these characters. And I think that there's been a lot of Lupin the Third media in the twenty tens of like all all different flavors. It's really been like a decade where the franchise has really come back to life after like
3: mm.
0: a pretty long period of it being kind of samey for a long time. But the twenty tens has had a lot of innovation with uh, with Lupin the Third, and I think this really kind of kickstarted that. So I'm nominating this one specifically because I find it to be a little bit more entertaining than the Gigan film, even though I like that one quite a bit. Um, but I really want to show Goemon some love. I uh, really like this movie, and I, I think it's just a good pick, and it, it deserves its place uh, on uh, on this list. I think.
2: The Goemon I, ones. I haven't
1: seen those myself, unfortunately. I think I've watched maybe half of Woman Called Fujiko Mine. But uh, this one in particular, I've only seen the scene where Goemon kills some dudes in a graveyard, and yes. that scene rules. <laughs> it does.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, that scene is probably like the most standout scene in the whole movie. Um, no, the Goemon mm-hmm. one is really good. Um, I've not seen the Fujiko one either. We need to get around to that. But... Um, I've been very pleasantly surprised with those movies. They've been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know much about Lupin, so I I don't know how much weight my opinion holds, but, you know.
0: I think that's a good take, though, because, like, you can, you can say that you've enjoyed it quite a bit without being super familiar with Lupin. Like, I know you've seen a few mm-hmm. things here and there, but really, like, depending on what you're looking for, like, this more gritty Lupin entry point... Can be a good place for people to start if they're coming at it with like the right mindset like if you're coming to it for like a more serious film noir like cowboy bebop kind of vibe like i think the the koike and yamamoto lupon interpretation like has a lot of that and uh mm-hmm. a- again like a lot of this whole project has been really focused on showcasing like i mean Lupin is there but like all of these stories center the gang, the Lupin gang, like Goemon Fujiko, Jigen, and uh, Zenigata, sort of throughout. Um, so I, I think it really is like a fine entry point if you're if you're okay with it being like a little bit darker material. Um, but yeah, I just felt like mm-hmm. that needed to be on here. And um, in terms of ranking it, I mean, it's it's really good, and I think it deserves to be on this list. But I'm fine with it being kind of towards the bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean, it runs on the same problem as the as Kizu does, that it's part of a franchise thing. I, I completely agree that the Yamamoto Koike era of Lupon is new and it's fresh and, and different, and it got a lot of people, myself included, into the franchise, but mm-hmm. it is still a Lupon movie. And this has been going on twice a year for how many years now?
0: Uh, at least 150 a lot. years.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, hundreds of years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah
0: so do we want to put it above
1: Mutafuka's
0: or at the bottom underneath it above Junkhead under Junkhead or are we fine with it at the dead last at the bottom
1: I mean I feel like it. if nothing else Kizu's going to be the part where it's really a challenge you know because they're both <laughs> franchise things where do those go there you know yeah, uh, I not having seen it, like I like I like the Queque style. I love Redline. I like you know all the other things he's done. Uh, it is unique uh, in a similar way to the other two, but uh, I don't know. Let's just leave it where it is.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: I'm, we at I'm least fine had one loop that. on film. Okay. Of course, we had to have one.
1: <laughs> <sighs> all right. So.
0: Alright, Tobias, round we're three.
1: Round three. So this is gonna it's be the serious. midpoint. Yeah, this is where it's a challenge, you know, like there's some stuff here that I want to nominate that I think you guys would. Uh, I wanna make sure. You know what? Screw it. Read I'm my gonna mind. do an easy I, I said I was gonna do an easy one here, I'm gonna do an easy one here. I'm gonna nominate both of the Little Witch Academia
3: movies. Oh yay! Yay!
1: So if I feel like one of you would have these, uh, but just in case uh, they need list. to go on there,
0: it was on uh, my list too. <laughs> yeah,
1: both, both of these uh, they are kind of fantastic. Uh, the first one was uh, like let's be honest, like the first thing Trigger did, you know, not a Inferno Cop notwithstanding, is really the first real Trigger thing that was them in particular. And it I have seen out.
0: I've seen that first OVA approximately fifty nine times.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's amazing. Unfortunately it's I don't think you can watch it anywhere streaming. Nope. Unfortunately but yeah no it blew me away when I first saw it when it came out and everyone on the line was talking about it. It was you know it's just a Harry Potter plot line whatever but it just looked amazing. It was incredibly animated. It was cute. The characters were endearing and when you find out that it was made by okay it's not fair to say it's by complete amateurs like they had um oh god what's the guy I can't why am I forgetting that guy's name uh, oh, Yoshinari Yoshinari uh, yeah is d- directing it you know it was more newer staff that has since come into their own in the industry but it was just um, uh, just not addictive so what's the what I'm looking for here it's just infectious endearing infectious is exactly what i was looking for it is a very Hmm. infectious movie Uh, i've watched it so many times so much that when the sequel movie enchanted parade was kickstarted, uh that was a no-brainer for me even being as uh, poor as i was at the point i threw some money down into the enchanted parade so uh, as i proudly tell everyone you can thank me for the anime you watch (laughs) i did it me thank you yes but Enchanted Parade was so much like it was the first one was great it was a 30 minute OVA film whatever but Enchanted Parade was like a full length feature everything that was great about the original Enchanted Parade is made better a lot more characters uh, a lot more mechanical designs a lot more just great fluid animation that Trigger had already kind of made a name for themselves doing it is just
0: perfect a lot more antics a lot more mushrooms it is
1: yeah it is just perfect. And we'd eventually get the TV series, which is great. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're ever gonna get any more of that at this point, but if nothing else, the two movies are perfect.
0: Is this another representative pick, just to shout out like Little Witch Academia as a project? Cause if so, I'm fine with it, but I think it is funny that we keep doing that. <laughs> it's our list though. <laughs> no rules, our rules.
2: That's true, we make the rules. Exactly.
0: I can't yeah, wait until we get
1: a crossover I'm, between Little Witch Academia and um, Gridman. That's going to be oh, great.
0: That would be
2: fun. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Get Constance with her pirate ship robot. Um, no, I, I I mean, you stole the words right out of my brain, Tobias. Like, Little Witch Academia is like a wonderful franchise and uh, the Enchanted Parade is just like a it, it. it was like the prelude to the TV series where we finally get to see more of this like concept that was teased in that uh, sort of animator, what what was the name of the project? Like the Young Animator's project?
1: Uh, Ad- mm-hmm. Animator with Anime Mirai.
0: Anime Mirai, that's right. Um, yeah. Where we finally get to see more of these fun characters that we only had for like a 30 minute special. And now we get a full feature length film. And funny story about Enchanted Parade is that um, I found a guy at the Super Happy Fun Cell at Anime, uh, anime Weekend Atlanta. Like two thousand eighteen or nineteen, and he was selling like the Japanese Blu-ray of it, which has English subtitles on it, for like a ridiculously cheap amount. Like, it was in pristine condition. Nothing was missing. It had the art book, it had the soundtrack CD and all of it. He was selling it for like twenty bucks. And I could not pass it up. I was I'm so happy to still have that. It's like one of my favorite pieces in my anime collection. Uh, to be able to have that, especially because like this whole franchise was sort of in netflix jail for a long time and and kind of still is uh but being able to have like like a physical artifact of this show is uh very special to me and uh it being of, of such a good fun cute energetic enjoyable film is just chef's kiss
1: you have that uh film in a locked safe in your house right of course good man smart man thank you (laughs)
0: <laughs> Anything you have to say about LWA, Tori?
2: Um, I'm just glad that it is a timeless movie and a timeless show, and I feel like I can go back and revisit it at any time and still take away just as much enjoyment from it as I did when I first watched it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's very good, and I'm glad it made the list.
0: <laughs> it's because they put Lee from Pawn Stars in it.
1: 100 percent (laughs) yes how did i forget that (laughs) well i'm gonna say this should go to the top of the list
0: oh really
1: just saying i'm gonna vote top of the list really based on what based on what we all have said so far we all loved it uh i agree with Tori. i can watch this again and still love it uh (laughs) which i think is more than i can say with anything here it never it never overstates falcon it's never too long it is short and sweet and dumb. And I think, hell, I, yeah, I personally put it above even Lou. All I right. would be
0: controversial slightly and say that I think it needs to be under Riger Wave. Because, again, while it does mostly stand alone, it is part of a larger franchise. <laughs> so so what do we what do we think about that y'all
2: are gonna hate me for this next recommendation um well what do we
0: think we, we gotta we gotta place this one no first. i
2: know i know yeah, yeah i'm just saying well,
0: what, what do you think Tori?
2: oh gosh oh man um i think i agree i think i like little witch academia more than lou and Roger wave
0: oh so we're we gonna split the yeah, baby remember- are we gonna put it right in the middle
1: no no you can't you're outnumbered man you're outnumbered you're outnumbered i guess i'm outnumbered outnumbered. yeah
0: (laughs) wow we've got a new number one little witch academia the enchanted parade (laughs) oh my gosh
1: i mean there's not a whole lot that i would boldly say needs to get near the top but i think you know and even then like what can you really say negative about this movie it doesn't you know, even the other the other trigger stuff, like you say, Okay, there's flaws here or there, you may or, may or may not like it. But Little Witch Academia is just it's a perfect recommendation. The the movie specifically, the T V yeah. series. We could talk more about, you know, individual flaws, pacing, what have you. But if nothing else, the first movie like what's to not like about that? That's, you know? that's true. That's and sweet. I, I will fight you. I will fight you over <laughs> that. But you I don't have to bite because, me, Tori. Because I don't have to because Tori agreed with me. It's the top list. I did. did. Alright,
0: you know, I'm I'm an easygoing guy. Let's let's let, I'm I'm fine with this. It's at the top. Congratulations. All right, Tori. Hit us up with another one. No wait, no, is it my turn? Whose turn is it? I don't know. It is no, it's your Tori's
1: turn. Tori's
2: turn. Nope, it's yeah. my turn.
0: Okay. round um, three.
2: All right. Speaking of <laughs> franchises, oh, no. um I, I wanna nominate Liz and the Bluebird.
0: Ooh, I did not expect you to say that.
2: Yeah. Um you'll probably expect my next one though, but um okay. Yeah, Liz and the Bluebird um by Queen Naoko Yamada. Um now it is it is based off I don't want to say it's based off, but it takes place in the same world as Sound Euphonium. So it's it's just two characters. It's a side story about two characters from Sound Euphonium, but you can 100% watch this movie standalone and take away everything that's intended to be taken away from it. Um, and I do love a good melodrama and coming of age story and just characters realizing that like excuse me and characters realizing that their lives are changing especially in a very formulative time of their life and figuring out you know how to navigate these complicated friendships and like romantic feelings and things of the like and um this movie very much handles that very well it's very like Tugging at the heartstrings, watching these two girls kind of like very clumsily navigate their feelings and friendship with each other, um, and I think it's belongs on this list very much so.
0: Contrary to popular okay. opinion, this is not about Liz's infatuation with Twitter.
2: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, Liz I the mean Black Mirror. <laughs> Did you say Liz in the Black Mirror?
1: That's what I said, yes. That, that's, that's amazing. Uh, um
2: no, the, the blue bird is a fairy tale that she yes. likes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Yeah, I I uh I I agree with uh with what you said, Tori. It is a really uh it's a very soft, twinkly Naoko Yamada movie, but it still has that, you know that yearning, you know, that feeling, the pining, the con, the pining Mm -hmm. Tori, the pining, the Um, pining. Uh, and I think the one, I I really do like it. It's a, it's a gorgeous film. Uh, I think the one thing I remember kind of not caring for as much was like the, the cutaway segments to like the storybook world. I kind of felt like that made the, pacing feel a little weird but that's like a really small problem that i had with the movie but and i didn't dislike those sequences i just thought it was kind of abrupt at the time watching it mm-hmm. for the first time but then again i haven't really seen it again since that first time so I, I might feel differently now but no it's a it's a really uh it's a very finely crafted film which i expect yes. nothing less from from Naoko Yamada
2: yes agreed <laughs>
1: have you seen this one tobias i have not i think i was in the position that i probably should watch sound euphonium before this and i think i watched the first one or two episodes of that when it was airing but just kind of never get around to it Uh, but i mean everyone's talked about it so i
0: i mean i don't see any
1: reason why it shouldn't be on there
0: admittedly same like the only sound euphonium thing i have seen to completion is this movie (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh no, it's such a good show I mean, I know we're not here to talk about that Specifically, but you guys should check it out
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely It's been on my short list for like the past five years
1: I've been I've been really curious, you know, with it being Tied to a franchise How much it could stand on its own But
0: It stands pretty well, like
2: The, Tori the you, you can only, well, You go ahead <laughs> so the only major thing that connects it to that is the concert that they're performing and then um, you see some of the characters from Sound Euphonium the TV show in the background and if you know who they are it's like if, if, if you know you know yeah, but like yeah. it doesn't really take away in my opinion um, and then Liz and um, oh what's her friend's name um Liz the blue and bird.
1: No, not
2: the Bluebird.
0: uh um, Uh I'm looking at the Blu-ray right now. It's uh uh the two girls are Mizore, uh your Yoroizuka and Ko- Nozomi Kasaki.
2: Yes, thank you. I don't know why I'm calling her Liz, because that's the name of the musical piece. <laughs> so Liz, mi- Liz and the Bluebird. <laughs> Mizore and um, Nozomi. Yes, thank you. So they're, they're also in Sound Euphonium. So really, it's like a if-you-know-you-know you know, situation, but it really doesn't take away, like I said, anything from not having seen like all two seasons plus the other movie of Sound Euphonium first.
1: So this is uh, Naoka Yamada's Marvel Cinematic Universe, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically, Euphonium, yes. Euphonium Cinematic Universe. The, the Eufy
2: my- universe. <laughs> <laughs> UCU. You you. <laughs> yeah, the UCU. <laughs> <laughs> Even though euphonium starts with an E.
0: It's U e- yeah, like e- e- U like E you've, E, e-, e- U. You. UCU. Okay,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, kids. So, oh where
0: God. where does the bluebird fly? Where are we putting it on the list?
1: I mean, um, it can't be number 1 is all I will say.
0: No. <laughs> no I can't be i can't really say
1: i can't really say speak to it i trust your judgment but i can't really say as long as it's not number one i'll be content
0: i personally i would put it under junkhead but above mutafuka's that's where i would put it
2: yeah i i definitely think i like it more than going on personally.
0: Oh yeah, me too. So I think I would be happy with it there. What What do you think, Tobias?
1: i man, that's fine with me. I, okay. I can't speak to it. I'll I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Like, it's it's not a desire. that you know the Euphonium stuff is just a matter of too many damn damn shows to watch. Too much. True. Tobias. So I really like the two episodes I saw of, of Euphonium. I looked. It looked interesting the characters looked interesting but uh yeah that was back in what 2015 or so and Mm -hmm. uh, so much to watch nowadays
0: Okay, I guess it's my turn once again. It is. Uh, So last time... This is midpoint. This is my midpoint. So do I take one for the team and nominate something that I know everybody wants to be on this list? Or do I yet again be selfish and pick something that I want to be on this list? Uh, (laughs) I guess I'll just... Again, I guess I'll just split the difference and put evangelion 3.33 you are not oh, alone thank God. or no you <laughs> cannot redo on this list so
2: i feel like i'm playing bingo because somebody says something and then i just like cross it off like oh finally
0: me too <laughs> exactly yeah. so I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we don't have any like giant gaps because we're trying to uh sort of hold the door open for each other. It's like, "Oh no, you first. Oh no, you first. Oh no, you first. I don't I don't I want to avoid that, okay? We're not doing that, okay? Yeah. Okay. So, right. Evangelion 3.0, you cannot redo needed to be on this list, and I'm willing yep. to use my turn to make sure that it is. Okay. So, what can you say about this film? I think was it the only Evangelion movie to come out in this decade was two was two, came two? Out. Was 2010? Two, uh, or was it 2009?
1: Me. Now that you mention it, it may be. Because this was we 2013. Two, we say... 2009 was the release date of okay. the original. Okay. So, yeah, we could say 2.2. Well, 2.22. Hmm. 2.22
0: come out? Let's keep it simple. It came out in 2009. Oh, 2011. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah that, that was a blu-ray release though oh. it was a straight to disc release so technically we would have to do the talking original release. air dates yeah yeah Yeah, so I'll say yeah, 3 is the only one that, that counts yep
0: yep so it, it it has to be on here because it's the only one <laughs> I mean uh,
1: even, if, even if both were applicable I feel like the 3 is great because it picks up and in some ways the way it doesn't pick up mm-hmm. what 2.0 was selling
0: Yes, yes. Um and I think in hindsight, uh, I've had conversations with with people before about this. I think that at least me personally, I really loved the the last film, Evangelion 1.0 plus 2.0. Uh, nope. uh, what is Three, the subtitle for that one? one. Uh, uh what thrice upon a time. I loved that one. I thought it was a fantastic ending for the whole Evangelion project and uh In hindsight of that I think it makes 3.0 a lot more enjoyable because you kind of you realize that you know the the sour note that we all end on in 3.0 the sort of sort of despair that we find ourselves in ends up paying off in spades in in the final film but also sort of by itself I think this film is pretty incredible in the way it takes our expectations of how the original TV series went and completely does something totally new like so far until this movie came out for the most part the Evangelion rebuilds were like a slightly tweaked version of what happened in the original trilogy or excuse me in the original series but once the third film came out we knew that we were completely in uncharted territory And the experience of watching this film in the theaters for the first time was just, like... It seemed like the audience was dead silent for, like, the last half of it. Because it starts out with a lot of fun bombast. It's like, oh my gosh, they're in space! How did we get here from the ending of 2? What's going on? Shit, like, everybody's older, but they're not? And Misato's, like, mad? She's, like, Gendo now? And, like, Ritsuko has just shaved head? Like, what is going on? Where's um where's um oh gosh where's pen pen where's where's pen yeah where's pen pen where's toji where's kensuke what's what's going on um it just throws all of this why is asuka wearing an eye patch uh it's just so much mystery and so much intrigue and so much piano my friends um it's just a fantastic movie that gives you emotional whiplash at every at every turn and it's it's just a masterpiece for it and i think it is again only enhanced by the uh the ending of the franchise that came out last year so yeah it's got to be on this list it's great it's ava
1: yeah no completely agree um having watched the movies like as they came out at the end of two was such such a wild variance on the original story where you know it looks like shinji's actually getting over his issues he's you know, as they say manning up and seeing that and waiting a few years to see how they would pick up that plot thread and change and we we we, we, we pretty much knew from the beginning that this was like a time loop scenario <clears throat> we saw the end of the first movie where kawaru says this time i will make you happy and we do see the end of two Shinji starts to become happier than the original. But then right off the bat at three, it just completely shreds that and knocks him down. That happiness is not something given to you. It's something that you have to persevere through, through challenges. And life doesn't always give you what you want. And as someone that loves End of Evangelion, as full of despair as it is, and mean to his characters as it is, to see Anno so unafraid to just do that again to a degree uh, made me very happy with the movie. You know, It was certainly hard, but it takes a lot of the same themes from the end of the TV series uh, in this as well.
2: Yeah, um, no, I think you guys like pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, I'm glad Ava made it on here in some capacity. It truly is like, you know, one of my favorite things personally. So I think the third movie is a good uh, representative piece to be on the list. So good job. (laughs)
0: Oh, my pleasure. Congratulations, all
1: of you.
2: Congratulations. Congratulations.
0: It it took absolutely no effort for me to nominate this film because it was one of the few that I'm just like super confident about that needs to be on this list. I mean, we're the third Impact anime podcast after all. If I never saw this movie, we wouldn't exist.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was was on my list as well to nominate, but I figured one of you guys would do it first. So, you know.
0: (laughs) I was born to nominate this movie, Shinji. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. So, where are we? Where are we ranking this one? This one's tough because it's also like specifically the third movie. This is not really a representative pick either. Like it's specifically this one. Oh, this is this is hard.
1: So, I feel like this is I mean, we all love Evangelion. This is very personal to all of us. Uh, yeah. in the way that you mentioned, I do not think it is wrong to say it is representative. They would be very high on our collective list even if it's not necessarily an objective ranking uh, i am still gonna struggle to put it at the very top <laughs> uh i don't know uh number I, two I still, I still feel like little witch academia is just it's an easier package to swallow than trying yes. to watch all of Evangelion. really uh, Ava's good are you being sarcastic right now no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's uh you know it's just a lot there and i know that 3.0 gets a lot of um a lot of controversy behind it it was uh not an easy film for a lot of people and i'm not gonna say it's a perfect film by any means uh it certainly has issues with being both the third and a four part movie trilogy uh the first movie that i know just kind of dipped out on uh after wanting to do i mean the story was like he wanted to do this all within a period of four years or something like that and then after two he fell into depression again and 3.0 was vastly different than they originally planned it to be and while i think generally for better uh i can't lie i would i would be interested to see what the original quadrilogy was going to be back when he planned it in 2007 probably not as good yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd still... If it was just going to be supposed to be a straight retelling, then I can agree. I don't think it was ever going to be a straight retelling from the beginning. But, you know, they have talked about... You know, the original 2.0 at the end, the uh, next episode preview, they show a bunch of situations, which we do find out about in the fourth movie, kind of, but they're never spelled out. Hmm. I wouldn't be... Yeah, I would, I would like to see... If they were to do a an Eva Gaiden or something, what that would be, hmm. I, I think okay, it would think be I the
0: Yoshiyuki Sadamoto manga.
1: I mean, yeah, they, they they show a lot of different stuff in that next episode preview of two, which they they, they talk about. I don't know if that's fully explained in the manga. I haven't. It's it's not.
0: That. I meant. I, I guess I meant. And I I was trying to indicate that like the manga was kind of like mm-hmm. Sadamoto re just like retelling it but with some of the right, uh, kinks right. ironed out I guess maybe um, I haven't read it personally but that's that's my general understanding but yeah I get, I get your point
1: yeah I mean they've they've talked about Ava is not done as a franchise let's be real I may be done with it but Ava is a franchise it's not the last thing in here and if yeah. we were to see a Tsurumaki do a 2.5 movie with the contents more spelled out I don't think I'd hate it no, I don't we, necessarily think it'd be great but I would love to see what Tsurumaki could do with the side story mm-hmm.
0: we deserve to find out why Gendo and Kaji are climbing up that mountain <laughs> we,
1: deserve <laughs> we, deserve we deserve it give us what we deserve anime
0: so are we leaving it at number two is it going to usurp Lou over the wall as <sighs> number two
1: jeez Tori, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Tori? Um
2: <laughs> Personally, I'm kinda cool with that IMO. Um I I really like Lou, but I'm I'm trying to look at this as more of like a I don't want to base it fully on emotions, which is how I do stuff a lot of the time, but um 3.0 has a lot of memories tied to it for me and i'm i'm like i said trying not to like base it strictly on that but um i think that 3.0 should be before lou
0: okay
3: okay i'm fine all said and done
2: (laughs) okay
1: i think we're all mostly in the same boat um yeah it's all very personal work for all of us i'd agree sure number two fine yeah that's fine shouldn't overthink it
0: ultimate choice you've got two more left yeah. this is the beginning of round four hit us up
1: all right well i'm gonna go with another safe choice safe ish one that i think is it's it's, it's personal but not exactly ah, hell uh a silent voice yay right. I, uh, another Bingo. Naoko you have- Yamada. bingo <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it's, it's funny you just mentioned uh another yamada work but so we're gonna do almost two in a row here uh man this movie again you could probably levy some heavy criticisms on various parts of it but it is just to me man there's just so much so much of my own anxieties and uh, there, there are certain movies that engineered to make you cry in a way that feels engineered that feels like it's there but this just this does it man like I, I can't fault it for that yeah. it is we see these characters that are, are torn we see on the one side a girl dealing with a disability and trying to just love and be a human being despite her disability and the shittiest people that treat her like an other because of that. And the the guy in there, you know, he, he does that too. But he comes to realize that how shitty of a person he was. And he lives his entire life wanting to repent from his past shitty behavior. And he can't. And, you know, the movie opens with him uh, almost trying to kill himself because he can't deal with the shit he was. And trying to come to terms and, you know, beg her forgiveness by the end of it and she doesn't hold it over him she's you know reluctant i think to to uh, become his friend but she doesn't hold it against him really and to see just this, so much um uh just the, these these feelings of these childhood this this these you know acting on these impulses and these this need to push others away to make yourself feel better and just want to be around people there's just so much there that Man, this movie tore me to pieces.
0: <laughs> it is and an emotional end, bio weapon. Yes, yes it is. It is.
1: <laughs> and uh, I, I was, uh, I'm. Uh, there's a movie I'm putting in the honorable mentions. I don't think you guys have nominated, but I'm gonna play it safe. That is very similar to this, and the way that it will tear you to pieces. But I feel like compared to that work, *Asylum Voice* it just does it in a better package. And yeah, perfect, perfect film. I love it.
0: Well, I'm really glad that you mentioned this one because, uh, Tori and I had actually r- fairly recently talked about this, this film at length over, uh, on the, the film buds podcast, uh, a friend of mine, Paul, who, who uh, runs that show did an episode for uh, women's history month and wanted to do, um, sort of a duology of, uh, female directed anime films. And this is the one he picked. Uh, and so uh, I've talked about it quite a lot recently and I have started reading the manga and I heard for a long time that like oh the movie is not nearly as good as the manga and i'm like i can see why you would think that but the movie just has that it has that naoko yamada touch throughout the whole thing and i think she really was the perfect director to take on something like this, which requires so much specificity in uh, the nuance of movement and of uh, facial emotion, and um, just the the technicality of um, animating uh, uh, sign language is so meticulous. Mm -hmm. And she, if you could think of any single word to describe the way that she directs is like meticulous is the one I would say or detail oriented um, so I mean you really nailed it from like an emotional perspective uh, Tobias so I won't I won't beleaguer, beleaguer the point there but like yeah totally totally worthy worthy addition to this list yeah, fantastic as, movie uh,
1: usually the way I put it when I talk about it in panel work is as someone that is both hearing impaired and is also a, a shithole uh, this movie hits me on both sides. <laughs> Aw, you're not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. You're kind of bad, though. You <laughs> <laughs> said that, not me. Oh um, my gosh! It, it hits me from both sides. It's not just a one-sided thing. Like there's so many pathos here. Uh, for me personally, it's just man. It, it it leaves my nasal cavities drained by the end. Mm, gross.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's one of those movies that, you know is sadly very relatable for a lot of people, um, especially when it comes to being bullied and things like that, and I think the way that she captures it in this film is a little bit too realistic (laughs) Um, from the the point of everybody and um, gorgeous, gorgeous film, so glad it was on the list.
0: Thank you, Tobias. Uh, where, Where on this green earth do we place this film, I purse I would put it up. Th- I would, bleh, I would put it, a, ab- I'd put it above Avan But is it above Little Witch Academia? What, 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 what do you
1: mm. think? Hmm. It is a ringer of a film. So, I don't. It's, it's certainly a harder watch than Little Witch Academia. Uh, If we talk about grief and, you know, getting over issues, then probably a better package than 3.0 singularly, you know, we're not looking at Ava as a whole, but I don't know, like it has the same issue LWA as Lou and that those are both more positive films and this is certainly not, well, I mean, it's positive, but it, it, it makes you work to get there by the end of Mm. it. And like Tori said, it, it really, (laughs) it depicts probably too realistically how bullying works. And it can be hard watch if uh you kind of been through that.
0: So do we want to put so it I don't know. above Ride Your Wave <laughs> under Lou? Higher? Lower. I
2: will be bold and say it should go higher.
3: Okay. that
0: be fine. How high? How high do we go?
2: <laughs> How high? Um
1: <sighs> I I won't say it should go above little bit of Academia, but if someone were to push it. I don't know how strongly I would defend that point.
2: I want to put it above Ava.
0: So it seems like there is some willingness to throw it to the top. And yes, I can't really say that that's wrong. So do we want to toss it all the way to the top? Is this our new number one? Like, are are we comfortable with that? I, I mean, I think I could sleep at night.
2: Yeah, I'd be okay with that.
1: Yeah. The, the Little Chaggy Mamie films are fun. They're very cartoony, but they're kind of there. You know, they exist as an, uh, an animation nerd like myself, uh, but they're still kind of junk foodie, mm. candy-esque in a way mm-hmm. that A Silent Voice is not. A uh, Silent Voice is, is a Brussels sprouts, and it will make you eat those <laughs> Brussels sprouts to get to the dessert at the end. And at the end of the day, you'll realize the Brussels sprouts are good for you. You know they might not taste the best; they may hurt. But <laughs>
0: Tobias says that because he was bullied by a Brussels sprout as a child. Oh, yeah, no. I mean,
1: weren't we all? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that too. I'm at peace with it. All right. Okay. Are these, uh, are
1: these star rankings on the list? Is that your personal rank, or that I is my
0: out? personal rank? Okay. Yeah. So disregard that for the purpose of this
1: podcast. (laughs) It is. uh, This is not a great audio, but uh, I mean, it's funny how this kind of matches up with Austin's. It's almost like you pulled some strings in the back end to. uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, this work. I think. Well, there's a couple you've seen you
2: haven't rated.
0: That is true. I've gotten less precious about my like star ratings in recent years, and a lot of these are just like things I saw a long time ago and gave like a rigid star rating to. But nowadays, I don't really do that as much so just, just forget the forget the stars okay don't okay. look at the shiny objects guys i know it's hard <laughs> i'm
1: just saying they seem to line up in order except for the the blanks
0: or maybe i just have immaculate taste maybe mm. Hmm. We all are hmm. Immaculate here. well speaking of immaculate taste okay. tori hit us up <laughs> I-
2: um. Okay, this one probably won't be that surprising, but I want to bring to the table a good, delicious descent into madness and unconditional love and nominate Madoka Rebellion.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, done no. You done it.
2: I done it. I did Somebody it. Somebody did it. <laughs> All right. I defend yourself. Listen. I don't care what anyone says, I love this movie. <laughs> and if you want to tussle about it, we can tussle about it. But it is one of my favorite tropes. And that truly is just watching watching the wholesome, sweet, fun, friendly character just, like, lose it and go crazy. <laughs> mm. And I, I don't know what that says about me personally, but... um no i i'm here for it i love this movie so much and i know that's a, like a, a a not shared opinion but um i think that if you haven't seen it you should watch it
0: <laughs> so c- can can i can i have the permission to drop a bombshell on you guys Yes. Uh-huh. so in my in our in our review of excuse me of the uh, Madoka Magica TV show and Rebellion. I had some uh, negative things to say about Rebellion, but I have since pondered on those things. And I think I am still correct, but I'm also wrong because I think all of my criticisms for Rebellion are like still pretty reasonable when contrasted with like, the show and it being like a really solid complete package that didn't need anything else and Rebellion makes it a little bit unnecessarily complicated however that being said I think I still like I think I've come around to liking Rebellion again because kind of what you said Tori like I appreciate the fact that it is just like unhinged and kind of angry it's like a very angry movie that seems to be a response to the sort of uh good ending of the tv show and in that i guess i have to respect it and
2: yes and anger can be very cathartic and i think that's kind of like what they were kind of going for
0: yeah I still will maintain that I think the ending of the show is the better one, but I think Rebellion is like an interesting subversion, an interesting take on like where these characters could go. So, I'm kind of uh, maybe maybe rebellion agnostic at this point, where I'm a bit take it or leave it, but I'm a little bit more inclined to take it because there's so many sequences in it that are just like really fantastic from like an animation perspective Mm -hmm. and the music is all fantastic and some of the big concepts Mm -hmm. are great um so i don't know i'm i'm i i i still don't like it from like a complete package perspective but i like it more as like a, a an interesting idea so i i have to respect it
2: fair enough
1: but yeah, like, uh, like, like Soundy Funny, and this is the thing that uh, has been on my backlog forever and just never got around to it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the other Madoka works that came out about the same time, like the manga stuff, um, just started to dilute what I thought was an r- amazing TV series. And I think that may have um, polluted uh, like the, the, the pull for me into you know, maybe pushing me into not watching the movies. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've kind of been interested in what... Because Rebellion is, is all new, right? Yes, yes, completely. Okay, compared to the other two, which were mostly just recap movies. Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't have anything negative to say, about it. I just never really got around to it, unfortunately. So, can't speak to it.
0: I feel like knowing how much you like The End of Evangelion, but how you're also like... I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you a uh, I prefer the TV series ending of Ava kind of guy?
1: No, I think it works all together. Okay, you going to take them all as a whole, which which may apply here. I know yeah, that the kinda. TV series kind of kind of pulled a an EOE esque ending originally, but I feel like the thirteen episodes we got were just a perfect little package wrapped up in a bow. It didn't need to be a franchise. It didn't need to be anything. It was just. Hey, what if we did Eldritch Horrors with Magical Girls? And it kind of worked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know the movie in particular, but I know that it influenced that whole dark and edgy Magical Girl trend over the decade. Please don't eh, get me on
2: that soapbox. I thought I was free.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I I think that sort of convinced me that maybe the movies were bad, so... Yeah, don't want to say they are or not. I cannot speak to them. I will I'll surely get around to it. The problem now is that none of the movies are on Netflix anymore, right? No. No. So it's one more bit of a challenge to really you know, to view these. I'm sure I can, you know, find a way or another to watch these movies, but yeah, I can't really speak to them, unfortunately. So
0: Your final piece, Tori, and where would you put it on the on the list?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Um I would say that I like it more than I don't know. I I would hmm. I would put it probably right under Liz and the bluebird for me personally.
0: What do you think, Tobias? I'm I'm kind of at peace with that
1: yeah i mean i can't really speak to it the closest comparison yeah. i would say would be kizu since these are both you know movies to a larger franchise with these characters but i mean it's not like Tori wants to put it even a little bit below that so uh yeah i mean i'd be fine with it
0: so so i know mutafukas keeps getting pressed down to the ground do you want to do you want to defend it some more you don't want to state your case for that one
1: uh, I mean I don't think I, in this case I really can't I'm fine with it not being so high because it is very much a popcorn movie it's fun to look at a lot of great animation I will go to bat for the fringe Japanese style of animation but it's mostly there because of that you know it's you mentioned the dead Leaves style plot that's pretty much that which is fun it's goofy but it's not you know award winning in and of itself so I'm not too worried so much about that being pushed down and you know, in this case, I can't really, can't really compare it to Rebellion because I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the question is: I've, I'm vaguely aware of this. These movies kind of deal with um, the, the. I guess the magical girl that was Charlotte, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The uh, the the Be-be. one that fa- famously bites off um, mommy's head in the third episode. And so is it is it kind of about her then? Is that?
2: no the, it's the no the main focus is on homera
1: okay that's,
2: um i can but, see that
1: being interesting i mean she the the in the show itself, like she's i don't want to i don't want to, it's been so long since i've seen this stuff i don't really speak to it but yeah i mean if you if you go to buy for it i i think that's perfectly fine where it is
2: all right
0: are we happy with it <laughs> that's cool with me
2: yeah
1: I don't think anybody's happy. It's not like there's a lot of anger in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Homer
0: is not so. going to be happy no matter what.
2: No, she's not. It's true. Uh,
1: we'll, we'll make a contract then and say it belongs at near that. Under lives in the bluebird.
0: <laughs> All right. So now it is my penultimate pick. No. Yes. 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 Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Gosh, I see. This is a huge gamble because I have a feeling <laughs> that I might know what Tobias's final pick is. But if do you, I'm do you wrong, want to risk it? If I'm wrong, I don't want to risk it because this move, this this that particular pick needs to be on here.
2: Just as so long as no have, one steals mine, I'm okay. You
1: you have one other choice to go, Austin. I do not. So you are an oh. advantage here. That is true. Do so want, I
0: will be nominating you... Kenji Kamiyama's the Napping Princess. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that.
2: Oh no. Uh,
0: no, 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 no. I'm nominating Psychopaths the movie. No, 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 no. Um
1: You're killing me here. Oof. Oh
0: gosh. Uh okay, I'm just marking all of these off. Uh, okay, I'm not going to nominate that one. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do I'm going to do one I know none of you are going to nominate for sure. None of you are going to. Uh, I am going to nominate Batman Ninja.
1: <laughs> oh, what? Okay. okay,
0: you heard me. Really? So top
1: fifteen of the decade, huh?
0: So I'm nominating Batman Ninja, uh, for a couple reasons.
1: Oh. Um, You're gonna do the pop team epic one, but I see the collaboration, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, the the specifically the pop team epic crossover <laughs> commercial. Um, <laughs> No, um, so I guess the reason why I'm nominating this one is because I remember us all sitting down to watch it together over Discord whenever it came out. And it just constantly blew my mind at how nonsense, ridiculous this whole movie was, but how... It took all of these characters that we all know and sort of like their specific boxes. This is how they work. This is what we can typically expect from Batman and Catwoman and Nightwing and the Joker and the Penguin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And threw them into ancient feudal Japan and just absolutely uh, embraced that idea with with full-throatedness and with lots of fun. And with Bane being a sumo wrestler and Bruce Wayne disguising himself as a Jesuit monk with a bat um, shaved into his bald spot on the back of his head <laughs> and, uh, and uh, the Joker turning like a, uh, a castle into a giant robot and them making a giant Batman out of bats at the very end to fight with and Robin uh, getting a shoulder monkey. There, I could, I could go on and on. Um, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Batman fan in the world. That, that would probably be something that would apply more to Ryan or Sully. But I just had so much fun with this movie. And it is one of the movies that I get consistently very excited to tell people about in my movies panel. I'm pretty sure it's been <laughs> in my movies panel since I watched it. It's just stuck around because I think it's really fun. It's very underrated. And it seems like a movie that anime fans didn't check out because it was a Batman thing. And Batman fans didn't check out because it was an anime thing. So I feel like I have to proselytize about this particular property ad nauseum. Uh, So I really like it. It's one of the few examples of, like, a film that is, like, completely 3D CG, but it looks good because the animation was done by the studio that made the original JoJo's Bizarre Adventure openings, which all look fantastic. Like, this very uh, sketchy-looking, sort of cell-shaded-esque type of look. And all of the brand-new character designs uh, for all of the characters is really, really creative. Uh, the Japanese dub is just hilarious to hear, like the Japanese version of Joker and how well he does his performance. Uh, I haven't listened to the English dub. I wonder how that is, but I just think this movie is a blast and like it's very underrated and more people need to check it out. So I think it is worthy of being on this list. But I don't think either of you guys have seen it, right?
1: no nope. well, I was on I was on that discord call you mentioned oh, okay I don't we'll think I was on a- the episode itself but I listened uh, I mean i'm I'm shocked that you put it on the list honestly but I don't disagree with your reasoning. it was certainly a lot of fun um I mean I fuck, I've watched like all the Batman films most of the Batman films I really wouldn't say I'm a Batman fan or nerd specifically but it was it was hard not to just be entertained by how goofy it was. And not just really goofy, but like it really, really mashed meshed well with these these um, you know feudal Japanese themes. They sort of analog to these characters and these designs it just worked really well. It was a lot of fun. Uh, David Production, their CG work is some more of the Japanese, almost um uh what's what's the word here? A little stuttering style of CG compared to some of the other more recent stuff. But uh, David Production is also just really good at mm-hmm. At um, the cater designs and and whatnot, so it worked in a way. You know, it didn't um, it didn't feel as offensive as a lot of the early CG stuff from from that decade. And, but I, you know, it just it was a fun package from start to finish. So
0: Tori, I know just you don't have the... much of a comment, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh,
2: I was gonna say just no. It's okay. Just the clips I've seen out of context make it look really silly and goofy. So just for something fun, I can see why you popped it on here.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted it to be a curveball pick. Just, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, isn't the most critically acclaimed, because I definitely had a pick on here that would be more appropriate if we're going for critically acclaimed, for sure. Um, But uh, I just felt like it needed to be on here, because it's very underrated, and more people need to know about it, and uh, it's my curveball pick. So, Batman Ninja. Fair enough. That's enough. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Where will we put it? I am fine with it being towards the bottom but maybe not the bottom
1: I don't know man Like it was great but (laughs) I mean I would be fine above Goemon's Blood Spray if you are I'm I'm also
0: fine with that like me personally I think I like it more than that movie
1: this is where i'm going to wow. defend motherfuckers okay that's fine i feel like this is where <laughs> I, this fine. is where i draw this is where i draw the line with your bullshit Austin. oh fine. <laughs> somebody had to he's getting saucy <laughs> this is where i draw the line no i mean it was fun it was it was a lot of fun but i feel like motherfuckers was uh, more interesting as a well family. you know we just we just had a uh,
0: string they... of like struggling where to put these things at the top i needed to bring out something yeah something that's, else for the bottom. Absolutely you know? fine.
1: Do you really think it's above Goemon's blood spray, though? That's just an honest question. Do you have you seen mean, both? Do you think it's a better film?
0: I think I do because it's just more—it's more creative. Like uh, like Goemon's blood spray is okay. part of like a larger package that I appreciate as a whole. But like, uh, I just think Batman Ninja takes more—it's—it's it's more bold, it's more brash, you could say, uh, bold and brash, bold um, and
2: brash, if you will.
0: And like if I were to if I were to sit down to show somebody like a good movie, and they hadn't seen either one, I would probably show them Batman Ninja. That makes sense. Yep. And that's my reasoning, and I'm gonna stick to it.
2: Okay.
1: Lupin doesn't have a a giant robot, like Batman Ninja does. No. All right. Okay. Speaking of giant robots, (laughs) Austin, you asshole, you called my bluff. You called my bluff. I was unfortunately I nominated things that were both of your list, so I didn't win this game too well. But you know what? I can't. You called my bluff. He's about to nominate. Is my last choice.
2: Oh man, I forgot about Promare. Dang.
1: Wow. Forgot about. I know.
0: Well, aren't you glad that Tobias remembered it for this you, is, so you didn't have to is, waste hour.
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs>
1: this is this is the, like the one of the last. This is like 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, both Japan and here, I think it was pretty pretty late. Uh, yeah. So, Pro the second uh, trigger thing we we've talked about here. Just thinking, you might Well, no, Imaishi she didn't do. Uh, Little bit academia. I was I was thinking of uh, the uh, motherfuckers. Yeah. No, Promare, This is. I mean, this is everything that team had done with Gurren Lagann, but better. It's compressed down into a single movie, not 27 episodes. It runs a lot faster because of it. It is just as bombastic as that. It is, they've taken everything I learned uh, in animation in the years since. It made just a better, more explosive giant robot show. It is, again, maybe not the best uh, a masterpiece, uh, of anime it's uh you know the plot is very simplistic it uh perhaps borrows a little too heavily to from what Gurren Lagon was doing in some ways uh particularly with the main character and how some of the other characters as well but it is just it's just extremely Tobias core film <laughs> and I love it it's amazing
0: beautiful color palette excellent music yes uh creative character designs uh well paced just smashes you over the head with a frying pan of quality
2: and just because it's simple doesn't mean it can't be unique and i think this movie stands out of like to me what's how i want to phrase it like to me comparing it to some of the other stuff that was coming out like with the seasonal anime around that time like it it stood out very much so
1: I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember when this was did get its theatrical release here in the States. Uh, I think it came out on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, like much of these films do. And it was pretty high ranked up there. So when you see these other movies we've talked about get theatrical releases like Lou and Ride Your Wave, you know, we, we were kind of beyond the, the period of just being fascinated by that. But we're now with Promare uh, and even some of the more recent stuff that's come out, they're ranking with you know the i guess normie films mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the hollywood films and sure <laughs> it's not like release weekend you know sure not uh although you know hell my hero academia and i gg the kaisen have been doing numbers too in the past year, demon so. slayer moog and train yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah so it's not necessarily uh, unheard of now but i feel like premiere was the first one that i remember hearing people talk about doing real numbers uh, in theaters for being a non-franchise thing you know it wasn't dragon ball z which uh, kind of paved the way to that for being such a weird unique thing and you know sure trigger's got its u.s following for sure a uh, grassroots following over the years but it's still not a huge franchise work and to see a rank uh, in box office sales for that that showing were kind of fascinating uh, honestly
0: and uh in their sort of post-pandemic theatrical push uh I remember g kids re-released like a slate of films that they were going to be showing over like the course of a few months and this was one of them so it got like an additional theatrical re- run as the uh mm-hmm. as the first big wave of the pandemic sort of stopped uh, started to kind of curb a little bit i remember it, it was right. it was part of that that selection of films that they decided hey let's put this back into theaters because people probably will go see it
3: mm-hmm
1: and I was one of those. Exactly. <laughs> just for you. I think they're, 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 the uh, the re-releases showed the little side films they, they released. Here. They had both oh, yeah. uh, Leo Han and Gallohan, and I think I can't remember if they showed both. I mean, they're they're mostly forgettable. They're not something you need to see. They're just omake episodes. But I remember being uh, you know I enamored by that at the time.
0: Anything well, else to say, ranking.
2: Tori? Um, no. I think you guys kind of covered it. Yeah.
0: Where do we put Promare on the ranking list? Again, I am comfortable. I'm very comfortable with this being towards the tippity top.
1: Okay, I was about to say towards the bottom, like Austin. You, yes, <laughs>
2: you. <laughs> Just despite Tobias specifically.
0: You gave me crap for putting Batman Ninja on here, so I'm gonna say it has to be at the very bottom.
1: I no. Let's be honest. You were going that was what you were thinking of putting, right? That's what <laughs> you were going to put on here. Listen, I'm Batman. not
0: Bat, Batman Ninja <laughs> and Promare. The they're basically the same except one of them is Batman.
2: <laughs> I think I like Promare more than Kizu.
0: Oh. Okay. An, an admission. Yeah. But is it above the Yuasa I, duology?
1: I think so personally.
2: Mhm.
0: I would be fine with that. Yeah. Do we put it underneath Evangelion three point you cannot redo?
2: Sure.
1: I'm 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 comfortable with that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm fine with it. I could see an argument I for guess, it going I'm, above, but I'm also fine with yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think as a whole, I think it's fine there. Okay.
0: Great. Alright, Tori. <sighs> this is your final <laughs> round five, your final chance. <laughs> To exert influence upon the list.
2: <laughs> um, it's going to be a pre-cure
1: movie, isn't it?
2: It's not actually going to be a pre-cure movie. I didn't <laughs> nominate a single pre-cure movie. <laughs> I'm um, so shocked. Mostly because they're really hard to watch. And I've only seen like maybe two of them. Um. So my last and final pick, which will probably come as no surprise at all, is makia
0: i knew it <laughs> i knew it
2: <laughs> yeah how could i not it's like honestly one of my favorite anime films ever just makia is a near perfect movie in my book and oh my god I, I don't even know what i can say about it that i haven't said already but um I love it so much it's it's a beautiful movie dealing with so many different things and um, I'm happy to nominate it and I hope it ends up high up on the list
0: (laughs) yeah we again this was the second film that we talked about over on the film bud so uh, Tori and I Tori and I have talked about this one pretty exhaustively recently but Tobias you you watched it for the first time like last week so did you anything you'd like to say about Machia?
1: yeah i've been putting this off for a long time had the disc in my possession just didn't really get around to it. this podcast gave me an excuse uh to do so i uh, i really enjoyed my Arcata stuff in the past and we'll talk about that a little later i feel like but um uh, man i i kind of i went in thinking this was going to just tear me to pieces like a silent voice did but i was pleasantly surprised that it did not and that the emotions hit me deeper. A Silent Voice and other movies like these, you know, they hit you, they hit me in my face. They make you tear up. They, you know, you get the sniffles, but this movie hit deeper than that. It became very apparent what the the theme was once, you know, maybe a quarter into the movie when they start talking about lifespans and how those differ you know it, it made itself very apparent what it was going to do but it was a matter of getting there and what hit me the most is how they both portray that and take what is a setting that feels very isekai video gamey but make mm-hmm. it feel real you know you've got dragons you've got elves you've got swords and i don't think magic's in there you know, specifically but it feels and goats like yeah the, 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 whole, the whole fantasy race of ghosts. Um, <laughs> it feels, on the setting, like it would just be your typical isekai thing. But it handles it in a very mature fashion. And to see both the main character, her struggles, as she sees her son age. To see her sister as she's in the middle of these awful politics. Um, it's just great. I love it. It hits deeper. Uh, I feel like I've got a lot of thoughts on it that I can, <laughs> want to do a whole podcast on or maybe something's hey. probably a little uh, little uh, long to go over in this episode. But uh, to sum it up, my feelings is that um, the movie, you know, from the beginning, it tells you that uh, her, her sister or the elder tells her, don't fall in love because that way is just full of pain. You will be hurt if you fall in love. And I felt like the movie at the end of the day was going to do the typical heartwarming thing where it says love is worth it and love is great in the end and you can deal with the hurt because love is worth it. But the movie never specifically says that that is... It doesn't do so in a way that is cliche. Mm-hmm. You can certainly come away with the, her, the, the last thing with Makia, her thinking that it was all worth it and the pain was all worth it. But there's so many conflicts in the movie that revolve around love whether it's love of your child whether it's love of your romantic partner whether it's love of power with the human kingdom but the movie never flat out says that love is 100 percent worth it and i think that is something that is fascinating about that movie and hits deeper than you know like anohana or a silent voice
2: no, that's actually a really fair point, And I hadn't really thought about that until now. But um, love is painful, whether it's arguably worth it or not. So um, kudos to uh, Makia for exploring that as a story and um, not sugarcoating things and wrapping it up nice and neat in a little bow. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think Mario Kata can be defined a lot by like what she does write, but in this uh, and in 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 an equal measure, I think she can also be defined in her like, I don't know, she likes she likes to do really raw emotions, but sometimes she likes to do the subtlety as well. And I think there you can say a lot by not saying something. And I think uh, uh, I think if there was like a specifically dictated like love conquers all kind of ending, it would leave the audience a bit less to chew on and ruminate on in like where makia finds herself at the very end thinking like oh does she regret this like what's she gonna do next do you think she would make these same uh, not mistakes but do you think she would make these same choices if given the opportunity again and you can kind of think about that and sort of ponder like what 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 do we think makia would do if she were in the same situation again because ostensibly that's kind of where we end off with her at the very end it's just like she's going to continue to live forever until like she you know is even like killed or some sort of illness or something it's like effectively she's immortal it's like is she going to go off and and, and raise another child go through all of that again well we we don't really know and we can't really say for sure it kind of leaves it open ended as to sort of what what her final takeaway is so uh you putting it that way it made me uh made me view the film in a different way but no it's a great movie really special
1: when, one thing I've, i went the, with one way i feel like it does that well is that there are major time skips throughout the entire movie throughout ariel's life and there's no Fade to Black. There's no Five Years Later subtitle. It happens immediately. Mm-hmm. We see Makia as a 15-year-old girl from the start to the end of the movie. And we can only judge time by the way Ariel and Ariel's friends grow up around them. It happens so quickly. It's such a whiplash that, it, you know, like just like you said, at the end of the movie, I, I, I kind of wish maybe it lasted a little bit longer afterward. And, you know, I, I kind of get... Pacing that it would end where it did, but like, yeah, Macchia keep living for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Macchia harder, (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah. Well, no, yeah, like it just she's gonna keep living, and she will eventually, maybe not forget Ariel, but there's gonna be entire ages of man that will pass her by, and it is just it's so vast to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Ah, all right. Where do we put it on the list?
2: number one
0: oof got a nomination for number one don't know if I agree but close (laughs) you know it it could be far up there I think
1: yeah it should definitely go high uh, for sure number one though Uh, I think I mean it kind of comes down to the my the emotional core I, I touched upon between silent voice mm-hmm. and Makia to me is that is it's something more silent voice is very personal and hits you you know, hits us as human beings with limited lifespans. But the the themes of motherhood and learning to love and let go of your child as they grow up and become a different person can hit harder but deeper.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know.
0: What would you say to a Above, premiere.
1: I'd be fine with that. Sure. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I did like the the setting and the art aesthetic here as well. You know, premiere is certainly more my extremely my my shit. But, Makia is one of the few things where I saw what is looked to be a generic, sword on online esque, fantasy. You know, very cliche fantasy, and I really dug it. I thought that these are all common fantasy tropes, but it worked for me. In in ways that I haven't seen before in other anime.
0: I mean, it's the same character designer that did uh, the character designs for Final Fantasy Tactics, so I feel like you would. That's like a very Tobias Core kind of thing.
1: Wait, are you, what did, yes. did he do that? Yes,
0: yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. it's uh, what's his okay. name? I can, I can expl- never remember the guy's name.
1: I mean, I don't either, but that explains yeah. the lack of noses.
0: Yeah, exactly. Nobody has a nose. <laughs> They
2: also oh, kind of okay. look a little
0: Akihiko
3: like Lalafell. W-
1: they <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah nobody, like, Makia Mik- never has a nose in that movie. Okay, <laughs> Akihiko Yoshida. Yes. Did uh, yeah, they worked alongside uh, Yasun uh, Matsumo, Matsuno mm-hmm. on Ogre Battle I said, yeah, okay, well that, that makes sense in retrospect. Actually, pretty damn well. And yeah, but, yeah, this this worked for me on, on more levels than I was expecting. Uh, I I thought I went in thinking it was going to be a little more sobby than it was. But I'm pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. It was Mm. different.
0: So are we content with it being number four? Yeah. Or do we want to hear statements on it moving?
1: Uh, (laughs) Tori, do you have anything you want to add?
2: (laughs) No, I I think I've made my peace. I'm okay with where it is.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I don't. I think I personally liked it. I like a silent voice more than this, but that's the only thing I'd go to bad. I don't know if it would be a silent voice for me, but if you're say even a couple of points below, uh, I, does don't it beat, does I don't know. Does it beat
0: know. a silent voice for you, Tori, Personally,
2: I think personally I like Machia more than I like a silent voice, but it's a very close, like neck and neck race yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is fairly close by, and I mean, like, Evangelion and Little Witch Academia. I think we have a very, uh, like, our top five has like a good amount of variety in it. I think. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. It's just like, well, what does our top five, our top ten, our top fifteen kind of these like quadrants look like? But that's how I think about it. You guys are f- free to uh, think about it differently, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine with this. Just wanted to make sure everybody mm-hmm. had, time, had ample time to complain.
2: No, I'm good.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. okay. Or, or maybe that was just a clever ploy to avoid having to uh, do my final nomination. Uh, <laughs> I am so incredibly torn. I'm so incredibly torn between one that you guys would probably groan about at being the most populist of populist picks. Uh, or one that I feel like has representation on this list uh that I feel like is pretty well covered, so it's kind of grandfathered in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then one that's like, you, like can't,
1: you can't Hmm.
2: What does your heart like, tell you?
1: Yeah, you can't make a bad choice here, I don't feel like I don't I don't think I can either but like and if I would say if we kind of do it with insert credit rules we will have a chance when all is said and done to rearrange this list if we feel like yeah like we've been doing a good a good job of um stewarding it as we go but if we do want to do a final restructuring at the end mm-hmm. we could do that
0: it's it's a bonsai tree uh but I think I have to go with a non a non-populist pick of something that is not represented on this list in really any way so i think it would be a really interesting uh thing that needs to be on this list but is very unique and different from everything else uh in this corner of the world
3: Bingo!
1: Ah, that was on my list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i'm picking in this corner of the world which is Good the job. only thank you which is uh no, I take it back. It's K-On the movie. Um, nope, you've already oh said it. No, oh, no. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, In This Corner of the World, 2016, a real massive passion project by its director where he spent uh, like a decade, if not longer, trying to make this film and trying to tell this story. It is a uh, deeply personal Human drama following a uh, young girl as uh, her life proceeds, sort of before, during, and after uh, World War II in Japan, and it it follows her life, sort of the lead up to the war, during the war, and all of the trials and tribulations that she has to go through personally, uh, and with her, um, the family that she is recently married into. Uh, And sort of navigating sort of what is daily life look like for um, a uh, for for poor uh, peasantry in Japan during World War II, which is a, a really interesting perspective that at least me personally, I don't ever really watch movies that deal with this particular subject matter from this particular perspective. And certainly in anime, we get like like one thing like a generation that really tackles this kind of subject matter like there's probably like off the top of my head i could name like less than less than five things that really deal with this particular topic there's like barefoot gen uh grave the fireflies and then in this corner of the world are the only things i can really think of that really uh deal with this with this time period and the hardships uh associated with it um but it's not just a grim, dark, depressing sort of uh, drama. It's also it, it has scenes of uh, uh, extreme beauty, um, extreme uh, sort of liveliness and light to it, as you see, the numerous uh, factors of of Suzu, our main character of her life, sort of going through trying to make it day by day during this horrible period in uh in japanese history in world history and to see how she makes it out on the other side and see what she loses in the process and from a technical perspective i mean there's lots of write-ups about this like the attention to detail in this film is like borderline obsessive like to to a ridiculous extent like To the point where the filmmakers were so specific about like particular weather patterns on this particular day in actual history and they looked up actual weather weather reports from the time and they looked at reference photos and called people that were alive at that time that are now like in their 80s and 90s to ask them like what did the street corner look like uh whenever it was you know 1943 or whatever um so just an incredible amount of detail in a film that comes together in a beautiful package and tells like a very finely crafted human human story. It's just great. It deserves to be on this list.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. You uh, hit my thoughts on it in the, in the same way that both Barefoot Gun and Agraver the Fireflies tend to focus on the bomb and the aftermath of the bomb more specifically. Whereas this one is more about the lives of these people and not just that singular event, but it does span, as you said, their entire lives and pretty much the extent of the war. And I thought that kind of fascinating as a movie about World War II.
3: Yeah.
2: I just remember clutching my chest for most of this one because anything that deals with like war or like tragic historical events, for some reason, I just have a very hard time getting through. And I know this isn't the entire oh yeah this isn't the entirety of the movie and i'm kind of like forgetting a little bit of the context but the scene where the main character is walking with the little girl and she gets hit by like shrapnel or like it's just straight up bomb or something and she's like holding her hand and oh no (laughs) that was terrible oh my god but um we're seeing it was, um, but collectively I'm really glad you put this one on the list because um, despite the heaviness of it, it is a very fantastic movie.
0: This is my penance for nominating Batman Ninja. I had to nominate something <laughs> really, really
1: serious. I'm, Thank uh, you.
3: Well,
1: at this point I'm, I'm less uh, miffed about you taking Promare, or make, forcing me to do Promare <laughs> because this would have been my other choice if you did. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. It worked out, man.
0: Okay. Yep. It all it all returns to uh, something, right?
1: It all comes tumbling down, Austin. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, where would we like to put in this corner of the world on the list?
1: Uh, top half, I think. Yeah. Top How half, are, yeah. though. I don't know.
2: I think. Just I'd put
0: we're... it. Oh, go ahead.
2: I was just saying I'd put it under pro Yeah.
0: Uh, I'd be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But do we want to okay. p- put it above the uh, Yuasa duology? Are we being too precious about I... keeping those movies like together? Yes, I think there's we no are. reason they have to.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I think those movies are very similar. I think I did enjoy Lou uh, a little bit more than Ride Your Wave. We talked about that earlier. I think, in the grand scheme of things, that you know, despite that connection that in this corner of the world is probably more important than Lou over the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I just don't think there's a reason to split them. There's not something that I feel like fits in the middle there. Yeah. While I do think, I think I enjoyed Lou more. I can't deny that in this corner of the world is probably more significant mm. uh, in the long run than that movie.
0: But I'm also thinking Tobias and Tori, it's really important to consider if I were going to sit down and watch a movie, would I put on Lou over the wall or would I force myself to watch In This Corner of the World?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: I i mean, I'm, I it am... It depends. I am shameless. I will, I will say that that is uh, definitely a factor in where I rank these because... No, that's uh, fair. I mean, I've seen In This Corner of the World maybe three times and I am in no rush to see it again.
2: Mm, yeah, fair.
0: But that being said, I'm still... I
1: Is that is that true for Lou though? Uh
0: no. Because I would watch Lou anytime. Okay. So It's what, been a while
1: since I saw In This Corner of the World, so I kind of have been wanting to watch it again, but I see your point. Uh,
0: just because I want to be a jerk, I kinda want to put it right in the middle of Lou and ride your wave.
2: <laughs> well do
1: it. Well, if you're gonna do it, live your truth, Austin. <laughs>
2: uh
0: I'm comfortable with that. I think that's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. I like it.
0: What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I think things are good. So before we kind of go through and give the definitive 1 through 15 ranking, let's do a quick honorable mention, Ron. Uh, I'll go ahead and just clear some out here that I was close to nominating but didn't. Uh... I feel some notable works that I should point out. I really, I recently watched and really enjoyed uh, the case of Hana and Alice, Mm. a movie from I want to say it was 2015 or so. Um, It was just kind of like a high school high school drama. A girl transfers into a new school after her parents get divorced. Uh, There's a mystery uh, with an old student that transferred out, and a Hikikomori girl that doesn't come to school what really makes this movie stand out to me is that the entire thing was rotoscoped mm. uh, so very early on it looked kind of like this sort of cg jank that uh, movies of the time were unfortunately prone to and not to say this one doesn't suffer from that a bit but it is rotoscoped and that makes the characters movements feel more natural when you have a movie about high school girls as there are several in the anime sphere they seem to act like anime characters and not actual teenage girls. And because it's rotoscoped, it avoids that issue to me. It feels... they feel more real, more alive than other anime. Is the and, rotoscoping uh, is available-
0: less or more distracting than The Flowers of Evil?
1: You know, speaking of things on my back live I've never gotten to, hey. uh, moving right along. <laughs> so, <laughs> another movie I recently watched uh, was A Letter to Momo. Oh, I, love I that figured one. this is going to be. That's very a, cute. I, I kind of figured it was going to be a Ghibli like, but I was surprised that it wasn't. It also is another movie kind of about grief, and dealing with grief. So it's a, a win for me. And the way that this girl kind of comes to terms with her her father's death and her perceived role in it was very interesting. And yeah, very very cute, very fun with the little yokai characters and different in that way. Uh, I'm shocked that Austin did not nominate Wolf Children.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that was even on even my list. That.
1: Uh wow. But it was close. I, I feel like that's, in, in my personal ranking, that's Hosoda's uh, sort of third best film. But I know that you rank it pretty high. Uh, but I think that's notable. Uh, one, and this is going to be more of a personal choice, but this came out in February of 2010. So it technically counts would be The Disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. Now, it is very much a 20, I, I, it's more of an Ots movie because it's an Ots series. And that is another reason why I decided to keep it off of the final ranking because it's more of an Ots thing, despite technically counting. But this is pretty much season three of Haruhi. And you know, season one was this kind of amazing point in, in anime fandom. It was kind of this amazing flash in the pan thing that whether you like season two or not, just didn't really carry the same energy as season one. And unfortunately, what we all thought was going to be this new Haruhi boom just kind of fizzled out. Uh, as brightly as it burned, it quickly fizzled out. And if nothing else, you know, I know there's a, other novels, I know there's other manga series that have gone on. But let's be honest, this series died with the Disappearance movie. And I am perfectly fine with that being the <laughs> the uh, the finale of Haruhi Suzumiya. And oh, I yeah. think that is notable for me.
0: It went out on a on a good high note, I think. That movie, I mean, I mm-hmm. I don't love I mean, I think Haruhi is okay, but I really like this movie. It's a good movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a very good movie. And that is my my honorable mentions. Notori what what almost made your list but didn't.
2: Yeah. Um so I'm not going to like delve too far into what each one's about um because I'm I'm slowly checking out cuz I'm falling asleep, but um hold on. I'm writing something down so I don't forget um, to mention it. Okay, so on mine, I had a actually a couple of Ghibli movies. I had Arietti and When Marnie Was There.
0: Oh wow!
3: Um, <laughs> Shocked
2: both. you
0: didn't nominate Marnie. Wow.
2: I know right um, I thought about it but then I was just like do I like this more or less or what mm. so um, I think Marnie would have been a good contender if one of you guys had mentioned something that I already had in my in my finals mm. um, I had Miss Hokusai that's a good one mm. okay. yeah and then <laughs> I'm so shocked nobody mentioned the Berserk trilogy
0: <laughs> I really thought about it I did are
1: you there um
2: shocked? yeah so uh that was an honorable mention for me and um i had a letter to momo and i had wolf children but i kind of marked those off um yeah. since tobias mentioned them mm-hmm. and um that's that, that was my honorable mention
0: i like to call a letter to momo japanese lilo and stitch because that's kind of the vibe
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: yeah. yeah a little bit uh well okay so i've got some dishonorable mentions do you guys have any of those no, no I don't,
1: I don't really hate watch things, so i don't or I don't really consider them so nah.
0: that's that's fair, I that's really fair the, yeah, there are definitely some things on here that I'm just like,, I didn't really like those oh, um
1: right. I mean, I had Batman Ninja on mine, but whoa
0: uh... whoa <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> all right so i'm I'm just gonna go through some of these really quick just to just to mention them, but some on my short list, I mean of course, I think it's kind of I think maybe all of us were doing this just sort of out of uh, a feeling of, uh, of duty and honor to uh, stick it to the anime fans. None of us nominated or even mentioned your name until just now.
2: right so
1: we, I we all I, I was it. thinking about that really on because it's something I feel like you kind of you can't not mention but at the end of the day does it deserve to be on a top 15 it's not, not on my list <laughs> but
0: it's a really good movie and it's Shinkai's best movie but I think if this is our top 15 anime movies of the 2010s and we are trying to prioritize things that we think are really, really great or really, really interesting. I mean, Your Name your name is a finely crafted movie. I don't want to feel like I'm crapping on it or anything, but it is fairly straightforward and it's not that interesting. It is really good though, so I do want to give it some lip service, you know, even if it didn't mm-hmm. make it on the list. Um, uh, another thing that was really close to the top, but we already put two other ones on here and I didn't want to loaded up too far is of course the night of short walk on girl great great movie really fun but we already had lou over the wall and ride your wave on here and i think any of us would be comfortable with like swapping any of those two out with the night of short walk on girl because they're all just about as good as each other um Mm
1: -hmm. for the most part yeah yeah
0: yeah um, I also had um, not not a movie that I think is superb by any means but a movie I had a lot of fun with Penguin Highway really enjoyed that okay. one um, I was also really torn between uh, nominating Goemon's Blood Spray or Lupin the Third the First but I decided to go with uh, Goemon because it's more representative of the whole Koike Yamamoto project um, and The first is really good, but at the end of the day, the thing that makes it the most unique is just the art style. The story is very standard Lupin fair, but Mm -hmm. it is really good. Um, Oh gosh, let's see. Uh, Some other things I just wanna go through really quick that did not even really get close to me nominating them, but they are still worth noting for the decade, of course. since we didn't finish it, Tori and I, we didn't uh, nominate the uh, Fate Stay Night Heaven's Feel trilogy because we've only seen the first yeah. one. Uh, gorgeous <laughs> animation, Ufotable, at some of their best. And uh, Fate is uh, interesting at times, so worth mentioning. Uh, Miss Hokusai was also on my longer short list. Uh, Tamako Love Story and the K-On! movie, both really good early Naoko yamada stuff from this decade uh another movie i thought was flawed but fun was the wonderland um Mm. let's see what else um that's about all i really want to talk about um there's also akko's Inn*, which i thought was a really cute movie uh and then i've got some uh dishonorable mentions but uh I guess I guess I probably shouldn't, not to belager the point. Fireworks, boring. <laughs> Empire of Corpses and Genocidal right. Organ, very disappointing. Didn't like either one.
2: Yeah, I was hoping those were going to be interesting, and they just weren't. I didn't even bother with the third one.
0: Me neither. The entire Project Ito, or whatever that was called, was just like a big, you know, wet pancake.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about checking those out for a bit, but I <gasps> guess I won't now. <laughs> yep. Sorry. All right. All right, Austin. So why don't you hit us with the... I assume we're all good with the ranking at this point. I don't think we really want to adjust it. Uh, I think so I'm that happy being with said, it. Aust, yeah, uh, Austin, you want to hit us with the definitive, the set in stone, third impact anime, top 10 anime movies of the 2010s?
0: It would be my pleasure would we all like to read them off sort of alternating or do you want me to just go through them
1: we can alternate
0: okay well i will start so the definitive third impact anime top 15 anime movies of the 2010s number 15 is lupon the third goemon's blood spray
2: number 14 is batman ninja
1: number 13 is motherfuckers
0: Number 12 is Puella Magi, Madoka Magica, The Movie, Part 3, Rebellion.
2: Number 11, we have Liz and the Bluebird.
1: Number 10 is Junkhead.
0: Number 9 is Kizu Monogatari, Part 1, Teketsu.
2: Number 8 is Ride Your Wave.
1: Coming in at number 7, In This Corner of the World
2: number six
0: is Lou over the wall
2: and number five we have Pro Mayor.
1: coming in at number four is Machia when the promised flower blooms
0: and number three Evangelion 3.0 you cannot redo
2: number two Little Witch Academia the Enchanted Parade
1: and coming in at number one of the decade is a silent voice
0: yay we did it
3: Ooh.
0: <laughs> I think we should be very proud of this list my friends
2: <laughs> oh yeah
0: and with that let us not stick around too much longer because I think Tori is falling asleep and Tobias <laughs> and I are not too far behind
2: so that being said I'm so sorry <laughs>
0: Thank you all for joining us on this wonderful ranking episode of the Top 15 Anime Movies of the 2010s. Sorry it took so long, but we're really happy to finally have this episode out, and we're happy to welcome back Tobias after a long sabbatical. Uh, So that being said we are of course the third impact anime podcast you can find out more about us by visiting our website thirdimpactanime.com you can also follow us on twitter at ti underscore anime and we also have a brand new mastodon account that we haven't really set up yet so we will update you more about that over on our twitter account or in future episodes Uh, you can always follow me austin at bebopshock on twitter or at bebopshock.mastodon.social over on that site and uh yeah can't wait to talk to you guys in the next episode where can people find you tobias
1: i'm also on twitter at reverend underscore tobias and likewise trying to get this mastodon thing off the ground uh, at reverend underscore tobias at mastodon.social
2: and asleep. <laughs> no 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 i was just waiting for the, the introduction in. but n- yes a lead in but that's okay you don't have to give me one um my handles lead are in. still the same at worst on twitter and at worst mastodon at mastodon.social
0: and with that we're going to end out the episode uh tobias what should people watch this season
1: you need to watch Ya boy Kong Ming on High Dive. It's a lot of fun. It's go, pretty great.
0: Go watch Spy Family.
1: Yeah. Alright.
0: Good night, go watch folks. Watch Tori
1: fall asleep.
2: Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>